from Griffith University, I'm David Tuffley, and this is the Smart Society Podcast, the podcast that takes you on a guided tour of the high-tech world of today. Cybersecurity is at the forefront of world events these days. It's always in the news, but behind the scenes, it's a, a constant battle between those whose job it is to guard the security and the integrity of uh, an organization's data and those who would uh, seek to breach it, steal it, corrupt it, hold it to ransom. Here to explain to us today the latest developments in this rapidly moving field is uh, Associate Professor Ernest Fu from Griffith University's School of Information and Communication Technology. Well, hi, Ernest, and uh, thanks very much for agreeing to talk to us this afternoon. Um, We're here to talk about this very interesting and important area of cybersecurity, which, uh, as we all know, has become quite the hot topic in the world today. But when you talk to people about what cybersecurity is, nobody's quite sure, unless you are within that profession or within that field, what cybersecurity actually is. And uh, so what I was hoping we could do today would be to, firstly, to help demystify some of the... um, some of the misconceptions perhaps around cybersecurity, but also to have a chat about what are some of the most um, important areas within that field today so that um, people will know uh, what what to look out for. But before we get into that, um, why don't you tell us a little about your background, how you actually got into cybersecurity? So... um I suppose I graduated university and got a, a job in the industry, in the IT industry, and um, um, after a while I kind of got bored and decided to come back and do further studies and, and to do my PhD. Um, and, and so I looked at, at several different topics at the time, and one of the more interesting ones was, was cyber security, and it was, it was only a fledgling um, field at the time. And, uh, and so I joined up at uh, QUT um, studying cryptography of all, of all the uh, different mm-hmm. types of fields, which was, which was kind of difficult in terms of cryptography is, is a, um, uh, based in mathematics. And so I had to learn a lot of, <laughs> of fundamental mathematics to, to, to survive that and, and get a PhD. So um, my PhD is actually in uh, payment systems. So... Um, at the time, uh, there was a lot of research work being done in um, providing anonymous payment systems, and um, it was really interesting because at at the end of my time doing the PhD, uh, the internet was just coming popular for doing transactions, and and everyone and I'd done a lot of study about anonymizing payment systems and and uh, and everyone had decided no we're going to throw away privacy and anonymity and we'll just use credit cards instead and so that's uh, 
that's what happened. I was, I was very disillusioned. And uh, little did I know that, that 15 years later, someone would come up with blockchain mm. technology and, uh, and actually um, think about a solution totally out of the box, a, a distributed system that did allow for, for private uh, pseudonymous um, type. Mm. Transactions. Yeah, and um, so it's obviously you know important and becoming more important uh, the business of keeping people's data safe uh, from from breaches, data breaches. Uh, so you know, just you know, cutting down to the to the real chase. Wh- what do you see as being the most um, critical issues, the most pressing issues? in the whole cybersecurity field today? Well, the field of cybersecurity is a, a really um, interesting to me and a very challenging field um, in terms of there's, there's lots of different aspects that you have to master if, you, if you're going to uh, grow a career within the cybersecurity area. Um, so one of the, the key aspects that uh, a lot of people see when they think about cybersecurity is the technical aspect. Um, so there's a, there's a lot of new technologies associated with cybersecurity. Um, if you're uh, to protect computer systems, you have to um, consider firewalls and intrusion detection systems, and, and all of these uh, kinds of mechanisms mm. are very technical. Mm. Okay? But, um, but there's a whole other aspect of cybersecurity as well, which is the, in terms of management. Um, and if you think about cybersecurity, we're, we're actually trying to protect digital assets. Okay? And, that, and, um, and one way of protecting them is, is to manage them correctly. And, um, and so there is a lot of overlap with, with general information management uh, within cybersecurity as well. Um, basic tasks like backing up your data. Um, isn't solely a cybersecurity task. It does fall within, you know, the field of cybersecurity because quite often you're backing up the data uh, to protect it from ransomware attacks or, so, or other kinds of things like that. But in essence, it's actually a managerial task. It's something that we should be doing just as, as normal maintenance uh, on systems anyway. So, um, so yeah, cybersecurity has many broad aspects, I suppose, and, and, and risk management mm. also falls into it as well. And so risk management is another field, say, usually traditionally from, from business, uh, talking about uh, understanding threats uh, to the business and how do we avoid uh, those threats or, or, or deal with those threats as, as the business goes on mm. uh, to make sure there's business continuity. Mm. Um, and because, because quite often digital assets are so core to businesses nowadays, um, the the protection of those things falls, and the risk management of those assets just falls within the cybersecurity field. Yeah. So, so there's so many different aspects and, and things to learn as as you grow uh, within the field. So, so yeah, it is. It is obviously a very broad field, and it's probably grown out of the whole information security uh, business, which has been around for a very long time. 
But I suppose that as the world becomes more connected and uh, bandwidth is greater and we have cloud storage, the op- the opportunities for um, security breaches to occur have increased by a lot. And so from your point of view as a cybersecurity researcher, what, what are the really critical areas today that, that are causing problems? Well, I suppose, I wouldn't say they're causing problems. They're, they're like new challenges, new challenges to look at. Uh, mainly because <coughs> technology is changing as well. Mm. And so the field of cybersecurity needs to change alongside that. So if you look back at, at traditional uh, cybersecurity, we would think about putting an antivirus software on our on our PC at, at home, right? Or, or, we'd, um, or, or we'd have a, a, a local firewall mm. uh, that your small business would have a, a firewall that would protect uh, all their digital assets that they would have in-house. But <coughs> technology's moving along. Uh, and so, you know, the, the great disruptor of, of mobile phones and, and mobile devices, tablets, um, totally changed how uh, people who manage cybersecurity think about things. Uh, because now, all of a sudden, the traditional boundaries are gone. Um, before, you could easily say that, you know, within a particular premises, uh, that was what you would protect. But but now, um, people take their mobile phones, which all connect into the network. Uh, quite often, the servers that we run aren't actually on our premises. They're on somebody else's premises in the cloud. Uh, and we're depending on those organisations to um, provide us with some security. Mm-hmm. But then how does that security then integrate with how we want to do mm-hmm. security in-house? And and, um, uh, and there's many challenges. And, and I guess the other thing is that the bad guys have become much more sophisticated. Uh, in, in the good old days, uh, the bad guys might be happy enough to... Um, deface a web page, put funny messages up or, you know, uh, something like that. But but now the bad guys are becoming a lot more serious. They, you know, they developed their own business models on, on how best to actually extract money out of their victims. So, you know, ransomware um, has just skyrocketed exponentially since 2014. And, um, and, and before that, what the bad guys had wanted to do was to steal credit cards, because you know, that was how they were able to to uh, to get money by by uh, getting people's credit card details and then charging them up as much as they could. Uh, and then from from 2014, that that kind of like turned around because um, what people were able to do with credit cards is they could go to Mastercard or Visa and say, "Oh no, that wasn't me," and then they would be able to roll back the transaction. Um, and so there was there was a, a a kind of like a middleman kind of there for the for the bad guys. Mm-hmm. But, but now with ransomware, uh, the bad guys can directly extract money from their victims mm-hmm. uh, by saying, you know, we're not, you can't get to your web pages, you can't get to your medical records, you can't get to, um, you know, the the services that you need to run your business. Uh, until you give us the money. I sp- yes, and I suppose one thing that people out there are going to be wondering about is uh, 
Is it worth paying uh, the ransom or do people just pay the ransom and, and still not get the unlocking oh, key? Oh, no, 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 no. So the, the thing with the bad guys is that their business model depends on the unlocking key being delivered. Mm. So um, because if, if someone if someone hears somewhere that the key didn't work or they weren't able to recover after they paid the ransom, then uh, people will be discouraged from paying the ransom. So um, so the bad guys are all about encouraging people to, to pay the ransom and then making sure they deliver on their side of things to, to, to provide the key to open up the data. Mm. Okay. Um, and it's and I guess if you if you study crime, it's it's classic extortion, uh, you know, processes in, in terms of like you know if uh, normal extortion comes in when when the mafia comes and says we'll protect you, uh, but if uh, you know if you give us money, but mm. if if, if at, at any instance you realise they're not actually protecting me, so why should I give the money? In? So so the same thing happens with ransomware if if. Um, if the if the victims uh, don't get the key back, then it's not worth it yeah. for them to pay. Uh, and and it's actually quite interesting to watch the business model of of the cyber criminals at, at that stage because they've hacked into the system. They can see your account details, so they, they're not going to ask you for a million dollars that you can't pay, but they will ask you for the ten thousand dollars that you can pay, um, and then. Uh, so they'll, they'll get that out of you. And there's no guarantee they won't come back again next month and ask for the next instalment. And, and so um, to gain access in the first place, uh, do they use, is the common approach to use this so-called phishing approach with a pH? Um, can you talk a little about how people become compromised uh, yeah. to ransomware so, attacks? So this is, uh, again, interesting to look over the years at how, how uh, people the hackers have, have been able to gain access to systems. So traditionally what they would do is they would look for vulnerabilities within software uh, and use those vulnerabilities to gain access. So um, unfortunately this was how Microsoft actually got a really bad name in the old days uh, for having uh, insecure software. Uh, because when, when they developed their software at the time, they didn't care about uh, about producing secure software. So hackers could come in, uh, exploit a vulnerability and gain access. Uh, and so eventually Microsoft realized this was, it was an issue and then came up with this, uh, this new system of automatic updates. So automatic updates come out once a month every, every Tuesday and, and they, they fix multiple security flaws. Mm. Uh, and, and it happens to Apple uh, mobile devices as well. And, uh, and, and, um, and if you're a Linux person, then you know, that happens in, in the Linux ecosystem as well, where, where the software um, is able to be upgraded. So this is really bad for the bad guys because um, it makes it difficult for them to, to gain access to systems. So they said, well, where is the weak point now? And the weak point is between the, sc the screen and the chair. It's the person, right? Uh, and so that's where where they um, start using phishing attacks. And, and so phishing attacks, in a way, are almost like uh, mini-con artists. You know, they, they come in and they, 
they, they try to trick you to do something. They don't, have, they don't have to trick you to do many things. And quite often, uh, people will click the link and realize, oh no, I've clicked the link. But unfortunately, that's all the bad guys need, is just that link to be clicked. Um, so, um, and yeah, so in, in actual fact, when, when you do succumb to a phishing attack, it's basically uh, you are inviting the bad guys into your system. Yeah, they're knocking on the door, yeah. and if you click on the link, you are letting them in. Yes. So I suppose, um, I mean, in my case, <clears throat> I always put my cursor on the link and look at the bottom line of the browser, and it shows you the URL of that link. And if it's some nonsense, you know, gobbledygook, lots of weird characters, then it's almost certainly some kind of phishing attack. But if if it's, you know, Microsoft.com or whatever, then maybe it's okay. But even then, I probably still wouldn't trust it. So I think that's that's probably the best advice, isn't it, is to not click on any links in, unless you're it's, absolutely sure about it's, um, who it's come from. It's it's a hard uh, a hard thing to educate people. I mean, uh, I guess we both work at, at Griffith University and, and I suppose other people would work in their own organisations and, and, and some of our uh, workflow processes require us <laughs> to click a link from an yeah. email that's been sent. So, so in many ways we, we are being trained to do that. Mm. Um, and, and, you know, I, I guess it, it, it is difficult uh, because sometimes you can look at the URL and uh, there are ways to make URLs look very similar to legitimate ones. Yeah. Uh, and then also, there are some legitimate URLs that have been using the gobbledygook um, yeah. um, URL as well, and they're legitimate. So, um, so it, it isn't always easy uh, to do things. Uh, it's very much a, uh, a moving target, isn't it? Yes. Cybersecurity is probably one of the fastest developing areas in the within the already fast-moving area of technology generally. Uh, so keeping up with the threats uh, is almost a daily challenge, I would imagine. You know, the, it's like a game of whack-a-mole where, you know, <clears throat> something pops its head up and you hit it and it pops up somewhere else and then somewhere else. Uh, so I suppose vigilance is, is really the, the, the key and to have the right um, safeguards in place altogether. So looking to the future, what would you, what do you anticipate the sorts of challenges that are coming our way but haven't really arrived yet? Yeah, so um, so I think you've, you've hit the nail on the head in, in terms of talking about all the different threats and, and, and keeping up to date. And so the latest uh, philosophy for uh, people who are in, in charge of cybersecurity of enterprise systems um, is to engage in the use of threat intelligence. Um, in the past, uh, what we've tried to do is try to protect all the systems against every single threat, and it's just too hard because there's there's so many threats and the systems are so complex nowadays. So, um, so we have to do some things smarter. And one way is to leverage threat intelligence. And so, what what threat intelligence is is, is um, you know, knowledge about what the bad guys are currently doing within your industry, within your location, uh, and shifting your defences to protect against those 
um, those threats. Mm. Um, and so it becomes much more dynamic, um, but uh, hopefully much more effective. Mm. Uh, and, and effective in terms of economical use of time and money mm. to create those defences. Mm. Um, but uh, I think the next step, and you're asking about you know, where, where the research and other things go on, is that we also realise that you know, there are less uh, skilled and experienced personnel around to actually, actually uh, implement these things. So, so the next big area is automation. You know, how do how do we automate uh, cybersecurity to to protect us? Um, and that doesn't mean taking the human out of the loop totally, but it does mean how do we how are we able to identify the relevant information uh, and bring it to the human's attention so they can make the vital decisions that need to be made. And, and I think um, that's where you know, we, we bring on board the new algorithms and machine learning and artificial intelligence uh, to help cybersecurity do that. Mm. You know, how, how can we uh, automatically look at the list of threat intelligence that, that we've received, filter out all the things that are not relevant to our organisation, to our industry, uh, and identify the key things and then actually start the process of uh, putting the mechanisms in place to protect our systems. Well, it's, um, you know, because it's such an important area, um, we have been uh, looking at um, providing programs at Griffith uh, in this area. So if somebody wanted to um, pursue a further study in cybersecurity, what, uh, what would you suggest they do? Well, at Griffith we offer the Master of Cybersecurity uh, program and um, it's a very well-rounded program in terms of we, we do try to uh, provide technical knowledge and technical experience, but also uh, we cover governance and policy and management uh, within them as well. And there's opportunities to also explore uh, cybercrime uh, and, and the other side of, of things as well. Well, Ernest, thank you very much for your time today. It's been a very interesting talk. Pleasure. From Griffith University, I'm David Tuffley, and this is the Smart Society Podcast, the podcast that takes you on a guided tour of the high-tech world of today.